Good evening, Chicago. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Linnell Harris, Chicago's very own life coach right here on WBON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. Inspirational Perspective on your radio is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. And so like I ask you every weekend, are you living the best life possible? Well, I know I am. I'm doing the best I can at it. And that takes me into tonight's topic. Because tonight's topic is what do you choose? Fear or love? And the reason I chose this topic is because this past week, has been, I believe, probably one of the most tumultuous weeks that I can remember in a long time, given the events that have taken place, the murder of Alton Sterling, the murder of Philando Castile, and then the unfortunate death of those police officers by whom, whomever's hand that took place with. And I will tell you guys that over the last few days, I, I found myself questioning my own ability to clearly articulate an inspired perspective on a lot of the recent events that are happening here in America. A lot of the events that I know has been troubling your minds. And I also found myself questioning my role as a thought leader, as someone who shares an inspired perspective. Uh, because in a lot of ways, I know many of us don't necessarily have the answers. And in, in thinking about this and thinking about everything that has happened, my mind immediately went to Trayvon Martin. It went to Mike Brown, to Sandra Bland, to all the other incidents that have happened like this. And I began to think of, okay, Linnell, what did you say then? You know, what was your advice then? Or what was your perspective then? And I'll tell you guys, in, in some ways, kind of thinking and pondering on that, I was reminded that in the end, we always have a choice that we personally can make. And that choice is choosing the lens that we're going to look through. Choosing whether or not we're going to allow this negative energy cycle to consume us. Or in some ways censor ourselves reposition ourselves and then move forward based on our purpose, based on who it is that we know we are to accomplish the things that we know we need to do. And so I'm already getting phone calls. I know a lot of you guys have thoughts. I definitely want to hear your thoughts. And I also want to share my thoughts before I start taking phone calls, because I'll tell you guys a couple of years ago when the media created a frenzy, Surrounding the shooting death of Trayvon Martin, 
at the hands of George Zimmerman. Many of us donned hoodies, right? If you guys remember, we took pictures. We put those pictures on Facebook. We had the hoodie where it barely exposed our face. We snapped photos and and we uploaded those photos to say, hey, I stand with Trayvon Martin. I stand with Black Lives Matter. But then when the media decided that that news no longer served their purpose, then for some reason those pictures were no longer relevant. And we began to change our pictures, and we moved on. And then fast forward to the trial of George Zimmerman. In a lot of ways, I believe the media, they licked their chops in preparation for that trial. Why? Because there was a lot of money to be made. And they knew that regardless of the outcome of the trial, that as long as we watched, they would win. And then again, many of us changed our Facebook profiles to black that week when George Zimmerman was acquitted to show signs of solidarity around the support for Black Lives Matters and Trayvon Martin and his family. And in some ways, show the support that we have for each other as a community for what we felt was a serious injustice. The verdict came, not guilty, now what? And we were outraged. And I'll tell you, I get that we were hurt. I mean, because this has happened over and over again, right? I'm talking about Trayvon Martin, and here we are just this week. Two more black men killed at the hands of police. And so I get that, you know, this generates a lot of emotion. I get it. But now what? Now what? And if I had to guess the outrage, the hurt, all the emotional energy generated by these unfortunate events, If I had to guess, I believe that they'll start to dissipate. I believe they'll dissipate into an apathetic hum that will go mute with time. If we let it, if we let it. Now, you might say, why is that, Linnell? Why why do we let these things happen and then they dissipate into this apathetic hum? Why do we let this happen? I'll tell you why. Because it's a habit. That is the cycle that most of us live our lives in. Habit. Routine. I mean, that's the very thing over the last three and a half years as I've been on this radio station doing this show, I've been trying to address the habit. The routine, the thing that makes us just kind of go without thinking, the, the autopilot, the focus, the lack of focus, I'm sorry. And if we are going to shift how things are going for our community, we're going to have to change. But check this out. Change isn't easy. As a matter of fact, 
Back when I was in corporate America, I worked for a gentleman who who had what he called this change formula. And the first part of the change formula was dissatisfaction with the current situation. And so, yeah, we're dissatisfied, but for how long? And then the next part of the equation basically said that the dissatisfaction with the current situation had to be greater than the resistance to change. Greater than the resistance to change. And the resistance to change comes Monday when you go back to work. The resistance to change comes when you get busy handling your routines. That's the resistance to change. So are we really expecting some type of miraculous momentum now? And if so, how? And that's what I want to get to this evening. How are we going to begin to initiate change that is greater than the resistance in a way that can be sustainable? Because I'll tell you, we have to wake up. I mean, that's when I started the show. The purpose, this is what I wrote, that it is my desire to awaken the highly entertained members of our society from the sullen slumber of mental inertia. And so you're awake right now, but how soon is it before you fall back to sleep? The next thing I said is I want to shake us out of the hypnotizing comfort of easily accessible entertainment and games that have left the vast majority of us appeased with mediocrity and willing to concede power and control of our thoughts, money, biases, opinions, prejudices, fears, and political preferences to the affluent minority. So I've been awake. Are you? Are you awake? So I have some thoughts in regards to what's next, because in my opinion, the only thing that really matters to the establishment, the only thing that matters to the elite is money. And here we are, African-Americans, as a community, we have $1.2 trillion in annual spend. We can go march, we can go protest. But what I would really challenge you to do is begin to think in economic terms. I mean, because at the end of the day, you have to speak their language. You know, marching, getting angry, some of that stuff, that's our language. Economics, that's their language. So I'd love to hear you all's thoughts. Got a couple of callers already. And I have more I want to share, but I think that's enough to get us started. For now, I got Minister Hayden. You're on the line with Linnell Harris. Thank you. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I want to bring you to the attention of the murder that took place before these two. In Tupelo, Mississippi, a black guy got pulled over just about three and a half weeks ago. Okay. He jumped out the car for whatever reason. They didn't know nothing about him at the time. They called the K-9 unit. According to the police report of the K-9 unit, he said that the dog had to go underneath the house to get him. But when you go over there and take a look at the house, it's sitting on a slab, and he couldn't get under the house at all. Okay. The dog chewed the gentleman's genitals off, bit half his back off. The police officer jumped on top of him and pumped four holes in him, point blank. Wow. When you look at the 
scratches on the police officer. He has scratches on the right side. The pictures of the individual where he knocked his bottom teeth to the back of his mouth. Wow. I saw these pictures for myself. One of my church members is uh, friends with the family of, of the gentleman that got murdered. Mm-hmm. His name is Antonio Shepard, I believe. His last name is Shepard in Tupelo, Mississippi. This took place approximately three and a half weeks ago. And they just had a big march here yesterday. But this ain't the first incident that Tupelo's had. A black lady just past summer just sued the police department for a verbal abuse in a public place by a police officer. So I'm asking the WBON reporters or whatever the personality to put this out there. Let's talk about it. And if, if, if you can, come down to the town and do some reporting, do something, because this systemic murder that's going on around this country has got to stop. It's got to stop. And it's just getting out of hand. Just in Atlanta the other day, they found a black man hanging in a tree in his yard. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if you know about that. Well, no, that was but, in Piedmont Park. You know, it, wasn't, it wasn't in his yard. It was in Piedmont Park, which, from okay. what I understand, is a is a, a, a area where members of the KKK normally meet. Okay. But they, you know, and, they, they, and called down, it, they ruled it a suicide, though. Now, down in southern Mississippi, just south of Jackson, down in the Deltas, the name starts with a C. But in that town, there's still an all-white high school and an all-white middle school, an all-black middle school, and an all-black high school. It's a little town down in the Deltas, down in South Mississippi. And they're trying to bring it together as one. But the people down there are fighting it and said that they would not join in. And you know they call them Negroes and all that little crazy stuff. But that's taking place today in 2016. So, you know, this is crazy uh, what's taking place. But we have got to do something. You know, and I'm from Chicago, and I, and I listen to WBON every day. But what amazes me is that the Caucasian people seem to think that they know why we're doing what we're doing, but they refuse to accept the truth that what's going on in our life is being caused by those that we look at as representatives of our state, our country, mm-hmm. and they're doing this stuff, but they refuse to accept this. Oh, you know, like Flint. Oh, that governor couldn't did nothing like that. Or, you know, black-on-black crime. But 580 people have been killed by police officers this year. Yeah. 580, and the bulk of them have been black. The bulk of them have been, Right. But statistics say that more unarmed white people have been killed by police than blacks. Why isn't that in the news? Well, I mean, you know, that's a great question. But again, you know, the I, I was talking to someone today, actually a pastor out of, out of Mississippi. And he reminded me that the media is, you know, you have to consider that the media is the fourth branch of the government. It wasn't Bishop Park, was it? No, no, it wasn't. Okay, because B- Bishop Park is the one that's leading the march today. He's the one that's actually taking charge of what's going on. Bishop C.L. Parks out of Tuvalu, Mississippi. Okay. Want to get in touch with him? Okay. okay. All right, but um, you know, so for you, what do you see as the the how? What 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 would you say is the solution? Well, coming from Chicago, moving to Tuvalu, the one thing that I see down in Tuvalu 
is that the only manufacturing they have down there is furniture. So the black people in Tupelo, they don't have no expectation. They just go through life. Mm-hmm. You know, they, mm-hmm. they just walk around. It's like being in the black Mayberry. I'm being honest with you. Okay. What I see every day, I see people that are just going through life, and this, you know, they want more, but they're afraid to get more. And what's been taking place is that their mind has been suppressed. Well, we can't do too much because we want to just have peace. But in the meantime, while you're trying to have peace, right. they're trampling over you mentally, economically, you know, and they're taking everything out of you that you can even feel as being a human being just to survive. So in Tupelo, they don't have nothing. So I do a recovery ministry. I, mm-hmm. God has blessed me to be clean now 20 years. Wow, and it's wonderful. There is no, there is no uh, opportunities for black people down there to get help. So I do a recovery ministry. And not only just with the black people, but with the whites. But what I have ran up against is when I ask the black people in our church to bring your family members out to let me talk to them, let me show them, let me take them step by step, let me help them get to a point to where they don't have to do what they're doing. Do you know they don't step up? No, I can believe it. I can believe it. You know, it's no different. One of the things I do here is... I'm always looking to teach and and what I'm looking to teach is purpose. You know, that's been what I believe is my calling. And that's what I do. Now, when you talk about life's purpose and this is what I'm hearing you say around the people in your community, that they don't necessarily understand and know their purpose. So what they're doing is they're looking to exist. And the trouble with only existing means that now the lens that you look through is from the context of survival. And when you're only trying to survive, then what happens is you look through the lens of survival, and if you remember, the topic of the show is fear of love, and when things like this begin to happen, you begin to fear for your life. And hey man, Let me share this with you, Mr. Linnell, because I don't mm-hmm. want to tie the line up out of respect. I've been down here approximately going on four years now. Okay. I think... I think, don't quote, I don't, know, don't hold me to it, but I believe since I've been there, I've only seen about four or five black police officers in the in town of Tupelo. The rest of them are white. Yeah. and, and now, they, they, I, I don't know the, the true status, but I think that's what I've only seen. Yeah, and you're probably right. And this goes back to my point around economic empowerment. But uh, thanks so much for the phone call. Thanks for sharing. Yes, and, sir. I'm, uh, I'm listening to your show. All right. All right. But please see if you can get this out for me and, and just get some help. Or reach out to Bishop C.L. Parks of TDC, a Baptist church here in Tupelo, Mississippi. And I'll, he'll, he'll clue you in and bring you up to speed to where we're at in Tupelo. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome, sir. Bye-bye. All right. All right. All right. Good phone call. All right. Well, the topic tonight is what will you choose, fear or love? And the questions that I'm asking this evening are, with so much uncertainty and violence, who will you choose to be? I mean, we always have a choice. This afternoon, I had the opportunity to to listen to a video that T.D. Jakes recorded And that's a lot of what he talked about was, you know, what choice will we make? 
And then the second question I have is, will you become a casualty of this negative energy cycle? So to start the second half of the show, you know, I opened up, I talked a little bit about back when Trayvon, the whole Trayvon Martin situation happened a year later, Mike Brown. And, uh, you know, I can recall right after the Mike Brown situation, I got a phone call and a friend of mine in a real facetious way asked me, Linnell, so what's your inspirational perspective on Ferguson? And, um, you know, I told him, I said, well, if you don't know it, it tells me that you don't read what I write. You don't listen to what I say. And I start to tell him why I started Inspirational Perspective in the first place. And in, in the first half of the show, I shared that part of the reason I started Inspirational Perspective was because it was my desire to awaken, emphasis on awaken, the highly entertained members of our society from their sullen slumber of mental inertia. And, you know, the question I have to ask as we go into the second part of the show is, are you awake? Like, has this woken you up? Because what I really believe is, for the most part, many of us are asleep. You know, what I talked about in the first half of the show is we fall into our routines. Basically, when everything happened with Trayvon Martin, many of us, we got upset. We took pictures in hoodies. We posted them to our profiles. And then when George Zimmerman went to trial... We watched the trial, waiting to see if he would get indicted. Then when he was found not guilty, we got upset. We turned our profile pages to black. But then as time passed on, the protest stopped and we moved on with our lives. Then Mike Brown happened. Sandra Bland happened. The names go on. And now we're in a situation where we have Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, And we're awake again. Now what? And here's the thing. You know, I went to the gym this morning. Somebody said, hey, man, are you going out to the protest? And I told him, I said, you know, I don't believe my role is necessarily going and marching. What I believe as a leader, that my role is to become thoughtful about what it is that I can share with you all that will make a lasting impact. And the one thing that I do know from my time in corporate America and from my studies, from my knowledge and experience as an entrepreneur is that when you want to see change, you have to speak the language of the people that you're asking to make the change and the people that we're asking to make change or to create change. in this case is our government. We're telling them that we feel like we've been, Served unjustly. We feel like policemen don't necessarily have any type of accountability in how they handle black men. We're telling them that black men are being killed at too high a rate, not just by police officers, by other black men. And we want you to help us. We want you to to do something about that. We need programs in our communities. We need economic empowerment. And if they don't listen, then the only way to speak their language is to begin to be thoughtful about how we spend our money. I was listening to Ernest Fenton today. I mean, that's what he talked about, ownership and money and economics. And I'm telling you, at the end of the day, if that's what we really want to see, we want to see some change. We want to see 
some type of result happen, then we got to crack down and say, you know what? It's not so important that I have the latest and greatest. It's not so important that I get to flash a Louis Vuitton bag. It's not so important that I'm wearing the latest Jordans. What's important is that I'm spending my money on establishments that care. I'm spending my money on establishments that have a sympathetic ear to me. I'm spending my money on establishments and businesses that are willing to lobby Washington and get laws passed that will protect their customers, African-Americans. Again, we spend $1.2 trillion a year. By 2017, you're looking at 1.3. By 2020, you're looking at 1.6 trillion. What are we going to do with that? That's the question. All right, got more phone calls. Johnny, how are you on the air? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Um, real nice show you have, today, man. You know, I think you need to have more than one night because um, your your message and you know is real, real necessary in in today's times. Uh, for you know, people of color. Um, I like what you were saying as far as uh, the emphasis on our purpose. And, that, and that's our biggest issue as people of color, man, is that we, we're so, I guess, concentrated on talking about uh, knowing who we are, where we came from, and all that. But yet, we're not focusing on what our purpose, you know, in this in this country is for, you know, individually. You know, each one of us got a purpose. I mean, and I tell my friends all the time, man, I mean, slavery, us coming over here, slavery and the things we went through as a people, is not by coincidence. You know, there is a master plan that put all this stuff together. It's not by coincidence that this country is you know, what it was and what it is today because of slavery. And our problem is today is we don't understand our purpose, you know, and so forth. And once we understand that as a people, there's no stopping us. But, you know, we've been deceived. You know, we're being deceived and not by, I'm not going to say by the white people, you know, because white folks are deceived themselves. Yep. You know, we're being deceived by the master of this world, and that's Satan himself. He wants to keep this confusion amongst the people to keep himself in power. And people don't understand that. This stuff is not, you know, there's a spiritual battle that's going on in this country. And, you know, we think it's a racial thing, but this this is all a spiritual thing, and it's all the plan of Satan himself. We need to understand that. And once we understand that, you know, as a country, mm-hmm. you know, we'll be a lot better off. Thank but you so much. we got a whole lot of confused people, and that's on both sides. Absolutely. You because, know, again, we're, we're yep. simply being deceived over and over, you know, by the master deceiving himself. I, that's I 100% agree. Thank you so much for the phone call. Thank yes, you sir. so much. Yep. You know, great, you know, great, uh, Great perspective on uh, purpose and, you know, the level of deceit. You know, one of the things that I share with my friends and family is, you know, so part of my role as a coach is I have to question things. I always question. 
And so when I see things happen, I, you know, I start to ask myself questions. And if I don't know the answer, I, I go try to figure it out. Or I find someone who, who does know the answer. And I, I love what he said about deception. Because what I find often is, you know, what we hear, what we see is not always what it is. And, uh, you know, be careful. You know, as you're watching the news, you know, watch with a, with a discerning eye. You know, everything that, that's saying is not always as true as they might want to make it seem. Case in point, Mark Hughes was a suspect uh, in Dallas, and turns out the man had nothing to do with anything. And so we can't just believe things just because we're being told. I, I really ad- uh, appreciate those comments. Got a lot of phone calls here. Uh, Ron, Ron, how are you on the air? Good evening. Uh, Good evening. You. I want to make it very clear that our community needs something to study. I've been hearing the same words of what's the answers, how can we change the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm listening to your show, but those who need to be listening, they're not listening. I've noticed in five years I only heard someone mention hidden color once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do a GoFundMe so I can pass them out freely. So people need something to study. Yeah, I, I, We keep talking yeah. about what to do. Yep. But the answer is not in one, or uh, it's not in the entire community to understand what hidden color is. Uh-huh. You have hidden color, Black Wall Street, a time when blacks needed nothing from anyone. And yet we don't seem to be able to hit the mark on what to do. We have people with the master, master, PhD degrees with no answers, and a lot of them, no jobs. Mm-hmm. We have to That's do true. for ourselves, and it has to be indoctrinated, not just looked at, not just talked about, but indoctrinated that one can understand this is what we have to do as a race of people. Yep. No, I, I completely agree with you. And to take it one step further, one of the things, so I've been spending a lot of time, you mentioned hidden colors, I've, spending, I've been spending a lot of time researching our history, but not just researching our history, watching documentaries like Hidden Colors, like Many Rivers by Dr. Henry Louis Gates. And even to the point where I told my wife, I said, you know what? We travel every year and we travel about four to five times a year. And from now on, Africa will be the continent that we're on every year. We may not go there five times a year, but we will be there at least once a year so we can learn, like what you're saying, so we can learn. And what I would share is I agree with you, and part of the reason I want to learn is because as I learn, we need to be passing this on to our young people so they really understand who they are. Because, I, you know, the previous call, but one of the things he talked about is we don't have a purpose. Like, they don't have purpose. Well, part of the reason we don't have purpose is because some of us don't even know who we are. We have no idea who our ancestors are. We have no idea the greatness from which we come. So all we have is, all we has have is a narrative that we've been taught in this system. And this system is not going to tell you that you're great. This system is not going to, to tell you that you're powerful and that in a lot of ways that our people, our culture is what influences the entire world. Now, when you look around, you can see it. But unless you, again, have a discerning eye, then you can't necessarily relate that back to yourself and say, wow, that's a part of me. 
that's something I that do. my I people love are doing. To see and hear you speak on hidden colors and Black Wall Street, so we can hear it more often. And again, I like to do uh, go for me, so I can pass to you. I sell them, but I want to pass them out freely. People will pop it in. People need to see Absolutely. and learn these things in the comfort of their homes. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what, 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 what I'll tell you, and I, I got to get to a few more callers. So thanks, thanks so much for the phone call. I really appreciate it. But what, what I'll tell you, Ron, is this: that one of the things that my wife and I are doing is you will take a documentary like Hidden Colors. Another great documentary that I, I think everyone should watch is called Seven A.M. and bring a group of people together and watch that documentary and then have a conversation about it. And really, you know, have an action-oriented conversation, a conversation of, all right, now that we've seen this, how has this changed us? Who will we be tomorrow as a result of what we've learned? Well, tonight's topic has been, what's your choice, fear or love? And we've had a pretty good conversation censoring around the events of this past week. And so I have a few more callers I'd like to get through before we end the show, so Got uh, Bernadette. How are you? What can you share with us Hi. in 60 seconds? Hi, doing well. Thank you, Linnell. Great topic. I choose love, and I suggest everybody else choose love as well. Now, you've made a statement or a phrase. You've said a phrase probably five times during your show. Mm-hmm. That phrase is, my wife and I, and quite frankly, Linnell, I love that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And I believe we need to have more young black men and women mm-hmm. marry. That's my whole uh, point. Yeah. We yeah. need to be married. And the other, that's not the whole point, because a huge piece of this puzzle of confusion and the word of God says God is not the author of confusion. Mm-hmm. Much of this confusion has come from the fathers, unfortunately. Now it's time for the fathers to turn their hearts and their minds toward their sons. For many years, for probably a couple of decades at least, I've observed black men, younger black men and older black men. Nobody paid me to do this. It wasn't any research I was embarking upon. It was just some observations I was making. And I had an office downtown for about 17 years. I would just watch black men, young and old, how they reacted toward one another. The young ones appear to be distrusting. The older ones appear to be afraid. And I thought about that. Too many black men don't know who their fathers are, black women as well. And it's time for us to stop dipping and dabbing around that subject. I say to black men, don't lie down with a woman unless you are prepared to marry her. Your offsprings are your future. Mm-hmm. They are our future. Agreed. You should love them. And those of you who don't know if this kid is your son, look at him. You know if he's got that curled up nose or if he's got ears that, that hang out on the side. Get a DNA Test and introduce yourself to that son or that daughter. It's time for us to wake up and stop acting as if we've been given some drugs that make us forget who we lay down with and what the possible productions of that lying down have produced. Amen. These Today. are children, your children, black men. Our Bernadette, I gotta, I gotta close the show, but I definitely, I definitely do appreciate your comments. Very powerful. 
Thank you so You're much. You're wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank that. you. All right. Well, you know, that's the show. Again, one of the questions I asked is, what's next? And I'll close the show with this. My thoughts are, what's next for all of us should be, one, love. Bernadette said that, love. And looking through the context of love, because fear is not going to take us where we want to go. And as a matter of fact, fear is where they want us. That's the context they want us to look through. The second is economic empowerment. How can we empower each other? How can we make sure that the dollars that we have in our pockets, if, you, if we want to pull something out of our pocket that will be powerful, it is that dollar. And so let's get thoughtful about how we spend our money. Let's get thoughtful about what it is that we do so that we can make a long-term impact. Again, my name is Linnell Harris. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. Right here on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. You all be safe and have a wonderful evening.